Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I got to the soul of my true collective ball. Famous hustle, famous number one, desirable. Out of what I want, when I want, and how I want it. Leave you with the one in the yeah, That's how I want Hey guys, welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of our originally created series, My Story. This is Series 2, Episode Number 2. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many other great shows and series, featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. My Story, like all our other shows and series, are available in video format at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Please do subscribe, click the bell to be notified every time we go live or we upload new shows and content to get all our shows first. Apart from the live shows, everything goes to YouTube first, and then we tend to put clips up on Facebook and other social medias. And uh, on the social medias, you can uh, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of course, as well. Uh, the links to which are all in the description. And if you prefer your podcast in audio versions, you can get those at your favorite radio or podcast platform. Just search Ace Podcast Nation and you'll find uh, nearly 400 shows of various series and subject. We have weekly shows on football, uh, MMA and boxing, plus uh, original content every Sunday, different series, which rotate in and out for different, uh, different series as we go. The My Story series is unique as we talk about our talk to our guests 
and uh, take them through their life and career from from their birth and their upbringing all the way up to present day as they share anecdotes and stories along the way and we have a good chat series one featured actors footballers broadcasters authors and more and series two will be no different the tagline is simple real conversations with real people and uh, i'm delighted to welcome my guest today and uh, she is an fa registered football agent and black diamond sports senior business consultant jess bent welcome to the show how are you hi i'm very well thank you thank you very much for having me pleasure to be here sorry i'm I'm, i've been looking forward to it because like like i said to you just before we started recording i like this series because it's different to all the other series we do are very focused on if we have a guest it's very focused on kind of the sport or you know the football the mma the fights or their upcoming fights or their upcoming games or their sort of their past playing career but what i like about this series is you kind of delve into the person a bit and you don't quite know where it's going to go you just start at the start and see where see what see what happens basically i like it because um, you get to know the person a bit. Um, so, yeah, what I like to do to start us off is I basically just ask you to tell us, you know, a little bit about you, where you're from, your upbringing, where it all began for Jess Bent. Yeah, so I am 20, nearly 21. Um, I am from Manchester. I've always lived here, grown up here. Um, I'm obviously, as you said before, I've become an agent. I've just taken on my new role at Black Diamond. So that's really my focus now. Um, I have obviously, as you have seen, and I think probably one of the main reasons why I'm here speaking about my story is um, I'm obviously very, very passionate about mental health, mindset, people's well-being due to obviously things that have gone on in my own personal life. And um, yeah, hopefully um, what I'm aiming to do, I suppose, is is kind of translate that in, in ways that I can help other people, which is why I think I'm really good for the role that I'm doing. So first of all, you grew up in Manchester, which is apart from my home city, which is Cardiff, uh, Manchester is the my favourite city in the whole world, um, and I've never been there. I just really? I, no, I just love the no. the music, the culture, everything about it. Um, I'm like I'm not quite as obsessed with it as I was back in sort of my teens and early twenties. Like I was proper obsessed with <laughs> everything about it, but. Um, what was it like growing up in Manchester? Like, it's got a reputation, I guess, as being a bit rough in parts, but what, what is it like? <laughs> it's probably, probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in, so I'm from Amston, that's near, I always say when people ask me, go, oh, it's near the Traff Centre, so that's probably the easiest, <laughs> the easiest way you can describe it to someone that's not from Manchester. Yeah. Um, I obviously love Manchester. Um, I can't really see myself or imagine myself living anywhere else. And with the accent that I've got, I can't imagine being from anywhere else. So people, the first thing that I say when people open my mouth, are like, God, I know where you're from. And I'm like, oh, no, don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I am obviously from here. Big, big Man City fan have been since, like, well, didn't really have a choice, to be honest. Um, 
I was, that's that's all I've ever known. My family, massive City fans. I was in the programme with a City baby grow on when I was first, I think that was my first outfit. So that's that's where it all began really and nothing much has changed since apart from the fact that you wouldn't catch me as much as I love them in any sort of City gear <laughs> as I've grown up. So we will talk uh, about Manchester and Manchester City in uh, a bit more detail there we'll have a little chat about Man City and uh, some football towards the end of the show but um, have you always been like you've mentioned football a couple of times already even just a few minutes in like have you always been sort of bang into your football and, and that side of it? Yeah um, it's a funny one really because it's always been the thing that I've been passionate about whenever I think when I speak, that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> and whenever yeah. anyone asks me, like, what do you like? You know, and you have them like awkward conversations where you go somewhere and it's like, tell me something about yourself. It was always <laughs> like, I'm Jess, I love football. I've always been to games with my dad and um, my cousin, my brother, my uncle. So it's just, it's been like a lifestyle, to be honest. Yeah. So when people ask me, kind of, why did you get into the job that you're doing? It, it's kind of all I've ever known in that when I was younger, all my weekends were going to the football. So when you've grown up around it, it, it is like, a, it's a, like a life for me. And obviously when I'm doing a job that's involved in something that I'm so passionate about, it's something that comes quite naturally to me. And um, at school, I was I was all right at school. I wasn't like... I'm probably doing myself a disservice there, but I'm I'm clever-ish. No, nothing special, nothing. But I was always good at school. I got decent grades. Um, but I did when I was in sixth form. You had to pick something to write about, like a like a five thousand word essay in a presentation, and you got like an extra qualification. Um, and straight away I thought well I'd do it on football because that's what I know, what I'm interested in, and that ended up being the thing that I got the best grade in. So. I think that that sort of says it all about me, really. Yeah, there's something to be said, I think, for finding a, a job or a career about something you're really passionate about. So it's it's very strange. Like, I'm 40 this year, and um, I feel very old. Like, I got three teenagers, basically. My youngest one is 12. He's not quite a teenager, but I've got three teenage boys, basically. And one of them, the oldest one is about to do his sixth form and he's like really stressed because he he doesn't know what to do for his A-levels because he doesn't know what he wants to do for the rest of his life. So I've kind of just, with me and my wife, have kind of just talked to him about just do what you're good at and what you're passionate about. Yeah, and absolutely. Everything else, you know, it'll fall into place. You don't have to decide now at 16 what you need to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree more that. I discovered podcasting um less than two years ago or I started podcasting less than two years ago so like I started at like 38 and I look at it now and I think I really wish I was doing this like obviously it wasn't around then but like I really wish I'd gone into this type of work when I was 20 and done something that I was genuinely passionate about I think it's so difficult because like I was silly I moved out when I was young because I worked in a, I was doing like a pub management thing. And one of the people who worked in the kitchen was like, oh, I rent in this house. Do you want to rent a room? It'll be great. You come and rent a room with us. You know, we'll have a fantastic time. I was like 17, 18. And I was, didn't think it through. 
and just said to my mum, oh, I'm moving out. And she was like, what? And needless to say, a year later, I moved back in. But the difference was the three people I lived with left me with all the bills and debts because stupidly, I let them put everything in my name. So when it all didn't get paid, like council tax and this and that, they came looking for me, which was a problem. That's 17, 18, working in a pub. But my point being, I wish I had, at that young age, been able to, or had someone to talk to who would have been able to guide me and say, just, yeah. do, just do something you care about. No, because I'm, I think... I'm the same. I um, Obviously, I'm lucky in the respect that people say, like, God, you've got you've got your stuff together for somebody that's 20, 21, but I didn't know what I was going to do at 16, 18. I left sick form. I had a year out. Then I went to uni. I did a course that I thought, yeah, I'll do all right, but I'll just do it because I don't really know what else to do. And to be honest, I thought it'd be decent money. It was something that I'd done a little bit of and I was, I was all right. I was intelligent Mm. and I thought I can, I can do that. And be a solicitor and work in an office and then when you actually go and do it you, you just realize the feeling for me when I went there was instant and I was like this is not this is not fulfilling what I want to do in any way but I think like what you just said then what what really I suppose resonates with me is that when you're a girl and you're 16 18 at school you everyone knew me as the girl that that went to watch city the teachers everybody but you don't get told by a teacher when you're 16 why don't you be a football agent? Why don't you go and be a director of football? Because you you don't think that's possible. And yeah. I remember I went to the careers advice and they told me to do like, I think PR and events management. Mm. And I'd probably be a great events manager because I can plan a good birthday party. Mm-hmm. But as far as that goes, I've got no, I've got no interest in that. So yeah. it's not something that you ever get told like, do you know what? Why don't you go and try this? And I... I've only been registered as, a, as an agent for less than six months. I've been doing this about a year now. So things didn't come to me. And I woke up one day and from being like five years old, I thought I'm going to be a football agent and be a business consultant. I never even thought that that was possible. But luckily for me, things have kind of in a weird way fell into place along the line for me to be able to get where I have now. And that's probably through a bit of luck and hard work and putting myself out there. But Never for one minute did I come out of school and think I'm going to go and be a football agent because you you just, you don't see anybody doing that. There's never anybody that comes into your school and is like, I'm a football agent and I'm a business consultant. You just, it's unheard of. It is, yeah. And I think, um, like, I'm going to get onto that now. I got a few questions about that side of it. I just, the just lastly on the kind of the work thing and the school thing, like, um, where I used to work in an office, um, I had some great times there, but like within six months of being there, I was speaking to people who had been there for literally 25, 30 years. And they had come in just because they needed a job after school. And they thought, I'll go there for a year and you know get myself together, decide what I want to do. And they were still there 30 years later and they had so many regrets. And I was speaking to people like that daily and I was thinking, I just, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah. But bills happen. And once you, you know, yeah, once you start paying bills, it's very difficult to just up and change jobs because you, you got that responsibility and you can't just, you know, you can't stop working for six months while you look for the, 
the perfect job. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very difficult for young people that these days. So like, obviously when I was in school, very different time. Um, it wasn't quite black and white TVs, but it was like, you didn't get the support you get now in terms of like, even in the last couple of weeks, like my son's behind a careers advisor phone and him a couple of times to, to chat through the options and chat through what, what you can do. And you mentioned there, like, yes, they advised you to do, you know, PR management and stuff like that. But that wasn't even there when I was younger. So you didn't yeah, have that option. So if you don't mind me asking, what qualifications did you do? Like what A-levels? And then after that, did you do it from an education yeah, cool. point of view? Um, A-levels, I did history, politics and RE. Um, all things that I was a little bit interested in and still am. Um, but I kind of just did them because I liked them and I liked yeah them subjects more than anything else I can't add up to save my life I can't do science I'm not arty so what what else was I going to do I could write an essay and that was about it so I did them um and then when I finished my levels it's a weird one because that's that's probably the first time that I've ever felt rejection because I had I had everything planned out to a certain extent in that I'd got it in my head that, right, I'm going to go and do a law degree and I'm going to be a solicitor because there was a few people I knew that did that job and they had great lifestyles. People that I actually sat with at the City Games and they were like, yeah, you'd be good at that. I did a bit of experience in a few solicitors and yeah, I liked it, but it wasn't anything that was amazing. It was okay. It was enjoyable. It was decent pay, but... I did my A-levels and didn't get what I wanted to get, didn't get in that uni. So then what do you do? Um, and without sounding awful, you see your friends, you see everybody else in your year, you see them going off to uni and doing the things that they want to do. And for the first time, it was like you sat at home and you think, what, what am I going to do with myself? Because I never had a plan B. I to be honest, very naively, I was very, very different then than I was now, just thought, I'll get on that course, I'll go there, I'll do that, I'll be fine, I'll pass my degree, I'll go and get a job, life will be easy, because to be honest, without without sounding shallow or whatever the word is that you want to call it, I'd never, anything that I'd needed to get to get me where I was, I'd done it and I'd got it, so that yeah. feeling to me was, was, was strange, but at the time, people say to you, oh, you'll be fine, like you'll work it out and everything will fall into place for you. But it, at that time, that feeling was something that I'd never, ever felt before. And it was, it was weird. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. So that sounds like, like you said, um, you, you, you didn't get the qualifications you needed to get on the course you needed. No. That's, that was your first sort of taste of... The, for lack of a better term, failure, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, you it was. failed your objective, um, like the long-term objective for it. Like you mentioned that it was difficult. Like how difficult was that to sort of navigate and deal with as a young woman? It was probably more difficult. Now, if I was in that position, I would get up and I'd probably... I have a bit of a rule with myself now that anything that happens, I don't get my, let myself get too high on the good times or too low on the bad times. I kind of 
I think in my head to myself, right, if I'm upset, I'll be upset for tonight and then I'll wake up in the morning tomorrow's a new day and the same with the excitement. But at the time when you've never experienced that before and to be honest, your life has been a little bit of a breeze in the respect that you've always got everything that you needed, which sounds awful, but that is the truth. It's weird. It was a weird, weird feeling and I did not know how to cope with that. And then that day, things kind of kind of spiraled out of control and that sounds very dramatic because there's so many worse things that could have happened and that has been the biggest blessing in my life but on that day when that happens to you when you were expecting to go and do something and you never had a plan b it's just like, what am I gonna do and it does make it worse seeing everybody else going out yeah, there sure. and thinking I had loads of, I had loads of friends at the time that were going off to uni and I saw them going out and meeting people and doing what they wanted to do and it was it was awful to be honest because I was sat at home and I felt like oh I'm behind everybody else now and I ended up resitting kind of them exams and I still didn't get the grades so that was another punch in the stomach in the fact that it was like a year of my life that was just wasted um but then eventually I obviously did pick myself up, but that it wasn't as if like one day I just got up in the morning and thought, right, I'm going to get on with it today and I'm going to do something else. It was, it was difficult. It was a really difficult time, but that period in my life at the time was, was terrible. It's something that has definitely made me stronger and it's got me to where I am now. It's just hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And at the time you don't see it, but, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But yeah, it was it was it was bad. It was really bad, and that it was just like being rejected. But in a way, I'm glad that that happened to me when it did, and it happened to me earlier um, because. Obviously, I've gone on to do things that I never expected that I would do. And I think I'm a lot happier than what I probably would have been if things would have worked out. And I would have gone there and I'd have finished uni and I would have gone and been a solicitor. You don't know, do you? You don't know what no. life would have been like, but it certainly wouldn't have been like what it is today. So I'm grateful that that happened to me in the weirdest way. Yeah, no, I, I fully understand that. And I can kind of relate to the the other part of it as well. When I was... Uh, I. My father died when I was about a month or two before my GCSE exams. Um, so, like, I ended up, I didn't sit some of them. And I kind of did well in the in the ones I was good at and didn't do very well in the rest. So I came out of school and all my friends went to sixth form and went to university. They all knew what they wanted to do because their father was a doctor or their mum was a a lawyer or you know whatever it may be they all had a plan and I was just kind of came out of school 16 17 18 I had no idea what I wanted to do pretty much had no qualifications and was just in this like you're just watching everybody else kind of yeah 
it feels like you're stood still and everybody else is, you know, starting at that age, it, you know, they're starting their, what you think is going to be their careers and their lives. And it was, it is difficult to deal with it. And at the end of the day, at 16 to 18, um, you've got so much to, to learn, not necessarily, you know, from an educational point of view, but like from a, just a life point of view. And I think yeah, mistakes and failure are what you learn so much more from and like you know you're you're you're, you know you're still a a young woman we've got your whole life in front of you to to make loads of mistakes and and learn from them and hopefully you know I hope you don't make any mistakes and you don't need to learn but such as life and human beings you will make mistakes and you'll learn from them and and you'll pick them pick yourself up as does everybody but I look back and you said you said something which interest me greatly at the moment and you said hindsight's a wonderful thing it is like I look back on some monumental mistakes that I've made over the years and I look back and I think oh I wish I hadn't done that but then I do catch myself because I think oh do you know what I'm kind of glad I did do that because I that led to this and yeah. I learned how to deal with that situation. And I learned that actually I am strong enough to deal with feeling like everything's falling apart or my mental health going down the pan and, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. There's so many different things. Um, so you, you missed that on the course. From there, uh, when did you decide right I'm gonna I want to become a football agent um because unfortunately there isn't a massive amount of female football agents there's not a massive amount of uh females working in men's football when like being if we're going to be brutally honest there's probably this you know if we got on google now you could probably write them on one piece of paper just one notepad to all the women who work in the men's game. And I think that's a massive, uh, it's a massive detriment to the game because, you know, yeah. let's be honest, there's a whole slew of, of talented and intelligent women who could contribute something to the men's game. And I dare say, make it better. And I don't just mean within football clubs. I mean, within the way the games run, the way that yeah. the games think, um, and just off the pitch, on the pitch. But anyway, back to you. What, where did you kind of make that decision that this is what you want, or that's what you wanted to do, and that's what the direction that you wanted to take? So, strange, strange story, but I am I'm now, I am at university now. I go yeah. to UCFB at City's Ground. Um, and the course... The course that I do there is sports business and sports law. So that's always something that I looked at, um, but it wasn't available there. Um, It was only available at Wembley. Didn't really want to move to London at the time. um, The me now would go anywhere. That wouldn't bother me. But at 18, you you don't really want to make that jump. Um, So we obviously went into lockdown this time last year um about that same time I'd been looking at UCFB um and 
for some strange reason, which I think when I speak to people, it has for a lot of people, lockdown was like a bit of an a bit of like a eureka moment for me because you sat at home and you're thinking, what am I going to do when I get out of this situation? And what am I, what can I do to keep myself occupied? Because I would go absolutely mental if I was sat at home with nothing to do. Um, so I applied to go there. I was at another university at the time doing just straight law on its own um, and that got accepted and then um, I was out with a friend one day and a message came up on their phone and they'd done they were involved in the in the football industry um, and they showed me this message and they were like oh there's, there's this course um, and you can train to become a football agent why don't you try it it goes with kind of what you're trying to get into. I think you'd be quite good at it because you're quite good with business and talking to people and helping people out. Um, and that was during lockdown. So I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. I might as well do it. I might as well try it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. I applied to go, didn't apply. I bought the ticket, whatever it was. And then I ended up doing, it was trainee football agent level one level two and then I got accepted onto level three which was more intense in that it was basically you go out there and you become a football agent if you choose or you can carry on training um and we'll basically give you the guidance um so it it, it's not like I woke up one morning and decided to become a football agent it kind of just all happened and then when I got onto it it was just like a feeling that I cannot describe in that it was absolutely perfect for me and I was perfect for that and I wish everybody was lucky enough to have a job and do a job that feels like that and you wake up in the morning and you think wow is this I wake up in the morning every morning and it's like that thing that imposter syndrome and that like is this is this happening to me I get a text come up off my phone off a player or a manager and I love football that much I suppose that it's like wow and to feel that every single day in the job that you're doing is just can't even put it into words so yeah it's not I suppose it's not that I woke up one morning in lockdown and thought right I'm going to become a football agent today it kind of pretty much off that off chance happened yeah I am I can relate to that on so many different levels I am like I said, I started podcasting two years ago, but like now, two of my best, closest friends are Andy Campbell and Kevin McNaughton. And like, literally, if you'd asked me, if you'd said that to me two years ago, I would have laughed in your face because the, to me, they were like idols, ex-Card of City legends who I had watched and celebrated their goals and gone to the testimonial and stuff like that. And it's just so strange. But the other thing I can relate to as well is waking up and just genuinely being excited about what you get to do that day. And I think it's a blessing because not everybody gets to, I, I fully understand, not everybody has that. It's, it's not something which everyone is able to have because like we mentioned earlier, bills, responsibility, you know, family, all this sorts of stuff. Life means that you don't always get that choice. Um, I was left. It's weird. The only reason I got this choice or this chance to create something and do something from scratch 
which is nowhere near where I want it to be, but it's a start. It's because I had a car accident, which left me with life-changing injuries. Wow. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be doing this now. I'd still be working in an office. And, you know, that's just the way life is. And it's, it's strange. Um, and like you said, with you, with yourself, it just kind of happened. And before, you know, now it's, it's the norm. You're getting texts from footballers and, and you're doing this every day, this job as a football agent and it seems from just you can see the second you start talking about like being a football agent your face lights up your voice changes because you are so genuinely passionate and excited about that and that is something which if you could bottle and sell oh my god you'd be a billionaire um so the other thing I wanted to ask you about there, which you mentioned, was the, the football agent course. Now, I, I've, I've mentioned, I don't want to talk about me too much, but if I've got experiences which relate to what you're talking about, I will. Um, and I talked about when I was, how different it was when I was a teenager coming out of school. They didn't have things like that yeah. in, the, in the 90s. Like a football agent course, I know this. I know someone who's doing a football manager course where they literally you do uh, from player all the way up to manager. You do every part of that kind of learning experience. That's an incredible opportunity. That's an incredible creation. Tell me a bit about the course itself. So like start with, you know, the level one. You went in there, um, I would assume, not quite knowing what to expect maybe. No, I had no idea. It was like... When I clicked on it, I was the feeling in my stomach. I felt sick because, like you just said, then it, it's amazing that these things are coming up because it gives opportunities for people like me that has got this passion for football. But I've never, I don't know particularly anybody that's that's high up in football or away in, or I've never played a game of football in my life. Where where do you even start? So I think it's absolutely massive that we have got the things like that now because there would be a lot less people coming into the industry and it's opened doors for people that I'm just a normal person that one day got the chance to become a football agent. Like who, who wouldn't want to do that? But I, so yeah, I went on this course. I, it was all on online. We do do it in person, but obviously this was during lockdown, the very first lockdown when I did this. Um, I went on it and it was about, I can't remember how many now, but there was just a load of blokes talking about, yeah, I'm the I'm the chief scout at Grimsby. I'm lead thingy officer at United. And I'm there like, yeah, I'm Jess. Um, that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the level one and the level two was kind of the basics on how to be a football agent. And I think... The guys that led the course, I obviously still speak to now, particularly one of them, um, who I don't know if he'd say the same, but he is he has been a massive help to me. And I would more see him now as a friend really than yeah. than anything else. Um but they were great. They kind of told the basics. Um and then when I went on to the level three, that was like an application process. Um okay. so I applied to that. 
Um, and that was about like why you wanted to do it, what kind of experience that you'd had. Um, and obviously I was probably going into it with the person with the least experience. I'd never, there was people coming into the, to it that had never had experience in football, but they'd had probably things that were relevant to that in terms of they'd maybe managed a business or they'd looked after a team of people, which I I hadn't really done. I'd got a few things, don't get me wrong, but nothing nothing on the same scale as these people. Um, But I think um, we've never actually had that conversation, but I think probably what came off was that I'm quite good at speaking to people. I can get my point across quite well. And I think the passion more than anything probably came out and the genuine desire that like, I'm going to do this and whatever it takes, whatever you're going to throw at me. I'd lockdown kind of gave me the chance to really work on myself and really mm. kind of set out the things that I wanted to do. And if that hadn't happened, definitely wouldn't have gone on the steps that I've gone on and be doing what I am doing now. So everything really was like blessing after blessing, to be honest, whether that be lockdown. Um, obviously, don't get me wrong, terrible things have happened and we all wish that we weren't in lockdown. But that first initial lockdown for me was was the start of me doing all the things that I wanted to do and when everything fell in place so yeah it's it it is a strange story when you try and explain it to people because it's like how did you become an agent and it's like well I went on these courses and there's a lot of people there's a big intake on these courses um but I suppose it's kind of if you've I was lucky in the fact that I went on it during the pandemic and I had the time to be able to put my everything into it and I didn't have a job that I needed to go to every day during lockdown that was that was still open so that worked out for me massively um and like I keep saying not everyone unfortunately is that lucky um but yeah that course was the initial steps for me and that was that I was then able to put out there and say like look this is what I'm doing um and you get that coupled with the fact that you're a young female and you you've got the passion and there's not many there's not many faces like mine doing the job that I'm doing so I think that in a way as much as there's so much that we can be doing that has probably worked to my advantage I mean in the respect that people go onto LinkedIn they go onto Instagram and they see what I'm doing and if it was another man, maybe they would scroll past it. But when yeah. you see a young female with a passion for something that's got no real experience in the football industry, apart from the things that I've done, then people are like, wow, like, tell me how you've gotten into that. So that I think translates well to other people and the message that I kind of try and put out that, listen, if I'm doing it and I've had the successes and speak to the people that I can speak to, then somebody that's, been working in something in sport or related to sport for years longer than I have then the opportunities are endless and what I like about the sport industry and football I suppose is that when I've been on these courses again not everybody's had the same experience as me mine has been very very positive but it's very it has been very inclusive towards me in the respect that becoming a football agent now without the exam whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing it's not cut off to anybody so people like me are coming through and and doing this job that maybe 10 years ago if I would have been in the same position probably wouldn't have been able to do that so 
things have changed and that has worked to my advantage largely and obviously not everybody gets that same treatment which is unfortunate but that's all as I can speak for is me yeah of course um and I again I'm in a similar boat the good thing about the pandemic for us was that um people were at home and were quite open to doing podcasts and interviews because they were trying to pass time or find something to do so you know pandemic yes terrible thing but it's it has helped some people in professionally i would say um you mentioned about the application for the level three was that kind of like a a nerve-wracking thing like obviously we talked about that that failure you had felt when you were younger with missing out on that course was there kind of feelings of doubt and whether you were going to get accepted for the level three or was it were you quite confident because you'd put so much into it and obviously you had the passion and everything to go along with the the work and the talent I suppose it was a little bit of both and the friend that I have got that I did have before I came and saw this I remember saying to them like what, what am I going to do if I've put all this effort into trying to become a football agent and I don't get accepted and get that that guidance mm. um and it was a bit of a mixture I was confident in the respect that I was pretty much the only or one of the only females that was going into that um and not that not for one minute do I think I got I, I got on that because I am a, a female but um that would obviously be a shame and I think that's going against everything that we're trying to do um but in the same respect, there were things, not just being a female, but there were things that make that made me stand out from a cohort, I suppose, of 40-year-old men. So yeah. I was confident in the respect that there's not many people like me that have got that passion. And that does that does in whatever way you look at it, whether that's positive or negative, that does make me stand out from other people. Um, and that makes me stand out, I suppose, from anybody that I I've really ever met in a way because no one dreams of being a female football agent at 20. And that's not something that I ever thought was possible. And some days I wake up in the morning and think, am I actually a registered football agent or am I going to wake up one morning and like, this is not even happening to me. But yeah, I suppose it was a bit of a mixture in that I was, I was nervous because I didn't really know if that didn't work out what the next steps were. Um, but thankfully they did. And yeah. Yeah, I'm very glad that I've still got the support of those guys there now um, that, to be honest, have kind of been like mentors to me in that mm-hmm. if I do need anything. And I know I've always got somebody in the industry that I can trust, which is very, very hard to find. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible achievement, Jess. Like, to be a registered football agent, I think, is a, a great achievement anyway. But to do it by the age of 20, um, I don't know if you'll know this, and I hope you don't mind me asking, but um, I was just wondering, do you know how many female football agents there are in the UK? Do you know what? I don't, and I would love to know, so I hope you've got the figure for me. I haven't. I'm going to see if I can find <laughs> it now. But, um, I, yeah, I, I'd imagine there's not many Um I think there's a couple. There's a couple that I know of, and I'm sure there's a couple that I don't know of. But yeah, there's. Probably, I would say probably for every 
if I walked into a room with all the football agents that we've got in the UK, I'd probably maybe be one of like 10, 20. I yeah. can't imagine that there's many more than that. Yeah, there's nothing which sort of gives the, a figure or a number. But um, did you kind of receive any negative sort of comments or anything like that when you were in the that sort of group setting and doing the training? Obviously, like surrounded by people who had maybe more experience in football or more life experience or whatever it may be. Did you receive any sort of negativity or any funny comments? I don't mean funny as in, you know, comical. I mean, like any arsey comments, I suppose, um, because you were female or because you were young or because you were di- you know, different to the majority of the people within the setting. In, in all honesty, no. I've had so, 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 so much positivity and I... I feel like I keep going back to this, but I wish everybody's experience of coming into such, I think working in it and knowing what it's like is the most difficult industry, not only to get in, but to work in and succeed in because anybody can go out and they can register and they can be a football agent. There's no exam anymore. Anyone can go and do that and pay £500, whatever it is now. And anybody can register, but it probably sounds like a daft thing to say, but, there's lots of people. There's probably a lot of people that are that are football agents that are registered, but they aren't maybe using themselves to the full potential and they're not getting where they want to be. And I can understand that because putting yourself out there from everybody that's already in is very, very difficult. And I had a few people at the beginning sending me, not because I'm female or I'm young, but just sending me messages, maybe trying to put me off a little bit and saying, you know, it's really difficult. And I don't know whether they meant it to be, but it was a little bit condescending in that it was like, I don't know whether people were looking at me and looking at someone that's quite young and comes off quite, don't get me wrong, I don't take any rubbish, but I don't come off as particularly like a stern businesswoman, like negotiator. I'm quite positive quite happy quite just open so I don't know if people maybe looked at me and maybe doubted me a little bit but I mean I did it I want to be so yeah you did it you're doing it um I think you know there's no kind of getting away from it it is a cutthroat industry football like off the pitch and on the pitch of course but off the pitch it is a cutthroat industry it is uh there is a Certainly over the years, there's been a, a stigma attached to football agents. Um, there's a certain football agent who I've talked about a lot um, to do with Emiliano Sala and, and things like that. I'm not going to get into that now because it will set me off on one. Um, but I think it's important in 2021 that we improve uh football as a community and i mean that as a whole in terms of uh how we go about things like how difficult is it to be a female in a predominantly male environment do you find it difficult or do you just see it as this is my job i'm who i am and i just do it and it doesn't matter and i don't really have any uh care in what other people think yeah I 
I've gotten to the stage where, which is probably quite frightening to be like this at 20, but I'm not particularly bothered about people's opinions, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. I but it's a good thing. I'm at that stage where if I wanted to go and do something, I know that I've got enough people, people's backings to think I've at least got a few people in my corner that believe in me. And that... The reason I think I've got to where I am is the self-belief because mm. I didn't have that before. And whether that was a factor, it probably was, but that's maybe why I didn't wasn't really getting anywhere because I my biggest critic was myself. But now I would say the person that praises me the most without without going too far on the highs, like I said before, is probably myself because I am actually really proud of where I've got to and I'm comfortable in saying that, which I think is a great thing. I used to be like, oh, I don't want to big myself up, but now I'm at the stage where I just think, do you know what? I think it's a great thing that I'm doing. And if I can inspire somebody else and the messages that I get on a daily basis are just absolutely, I, I can't even put into words. And that, that gives me more confidence in myself to think you know what if even if I had one message and there was one person that saw what I was doing and that made them want to come into this industry then I think I've done my job properly there but yeah I think it's hard it's very hard tough industry the toughest um but I am blessed in another way in that I've also met people along the way that have guided me and taken me under their wing a little bit the guys at Black Diamond, Tony, who I've spoken a little bit about, the person that I already knew. So I know I've got a few people um, that I feel I can that are genuine and that I can I can trust because yeah. there's a lot of snakes out there, whether that's oh, yeah. in any business. I don't just mean that in football, but everybody in football knows that. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately you can't trust, but I'm lucky that quite quickly I found the ones that I can. Um, and I just, I just, I wish that that could happen for everybody. But it's only you in the same respect that can make things happen as much as you've got them great people. Um, and going back to a little bit what you said about the working in a male dominated industry, for some weird reason, I think I thrive on that. And the fact that I am, I go onto meetings and I'm the only girl there. I've been on courses. Um, I kind of threw myself into all the courses that I could when I first started out, just like scouting, things like that. I was always the only girl, um, but people responded to me really well. People have been lovely. I've made a lot of friends through that. Um, but before, obviously, I became an agent. And my dad's had a business since I was young. I've always been around that a little bit. Um, there's always been men working there. And I worked um, for a like a retailer um, and they had a warehouse and the warehouse was literally full of men. No girls wanted to go. Everyone hated it. Everyone was like, I'm not going there. I got sent there one day and ended up there pretty much like every day because I just got on with them. I think to be honest, I do probably get on with men better. I'm very girly, love shopping, love like getting my nails done and all that. But I do, I do get on with men and find them a lot easier to work with. Um, so it's not something that I ever really think about. I don't yeah. ever walk into a room and think, oh God, there's loads of men, which I think a lot of girls probably wouldn't. I think that is a shame and I get why that's daunting. But I think because of the things that I already did before this, it's just like, it's just, it's just not even anything that I think about. I don't see myself as being any different to the men. Yeah 
in the situation anymore. But that's that's taken. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time, the first time that I went on any of them courses and there was loads of men. Of course, I thought a little bit like, God, they're going to be looking at me and thinking, what's, what's she doing here with like... Mm. Nails on and all the makeup, but mm. I don't see myself as being any different. I just see myself as as make we're all agents and we're all doing the same thing. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Black Diamond Sports. Um, you're their senior business consultant. Uh, you've joined them pretty recently. First and foremost, um, how did that come about? And also, um, what is a senior business consultant? <laughs> you're asking me. Mm-hmm. Um I worked for another agency, left there, um, and then I did have a few people sort of contacting me um, about working with them, working for them. Um, at the time, was a little bit apprehensive, um, wanted to sort of maybe stay on my own for a little bit while I found somebody or a group of people that I really gelled with and really felt that had the same sorts of plans and ideas as me in going forward. Um, Andy, who obviously I know you know really well, um, I think me and Andy had spoken, well we had spoken before once or twice a few conversations um, and then when I put a post on and said like right I'm kind of going it solo, um, just seeing where things go for a little bit um, Andy was one of the first people to reach out to me um, and me and Andy got talking and Andy kind of put me in touch I think with Martin um, and straight away when you speak to when I speak to people I think I am quite a good relatively good judge of character um, and we went on a meeting one day and I loved them to be honest they were just my sort of people and I've never actually said that to them, so I don't know if that will will be like God. But um, yeah, I just kind of knew that they were the right fit for me from the second that I spoke to them. And yeah, there was other people and the other people were great and they had a lot to offer. Um, But sometimes I think you've just got to go. I'm very much a person that as much as I try and work things out in my head, I do tend to go with my heart and my gut feeling. And my gut feeling was towards them and like I said it's very very hard to find genuine good people with the right intentions especially in this industry and especially as a woman in this industry so meeting people like Andy and Martin you couldn't really ask for anything more than them to be honest yeah I could see that 100% like I've had a couple of meetings with Martin um just about podcasting and and stuff like that and like I he, I felt the same. He's just a, a genuine guy. Get who's very easy to talk to, very easy to get on with. And I think you can see that um, what him and the guys at uh, Black Diamond Sports, what they're building, is going to be long term. Something yeah. incredibly special, not just from what it can achieve um, in within the business, but I think the people involved um 
just a special group of people because of the type of people they are. Um, and I said to you before we started recording, like the the moves that they've been making over the last sort of 12 months or so, or the last you know six to eight months, I'd be watching and I'm just so impressed by it um, from signing young footballers in the football league or uh, the nutrition companies and, and sponsors in across Europe, things like companies that they're partnering up with. You can see that something special is building. Um, and like I said, that it makes it even better that the people who are building that company, which is going to be special, are special people. And I think, Absolutely. like you say, when you find people who you can trust and who you who you trust and who you trust on a personal and professional level, you kind of don't want to let those people go. You want to keep working with them and you want to keep progressing from yeah, personal and business point of view. Um, so... What does it been? Uh, what does a senior business consultant do? I think so. We had a little bit of discussion, not not trouble, but we wanted to give not just me, but Martin, Andy, the rest of the guys wanted to give me a title um, that didn't just fit me into one box, and that's what I particularly like about Martin and the rest of the guys in that they have obviously seen what I have done previously, but they've seen potentially me in doing other roles and going forward. My degree obviously links to business, links to sports law. Um, so they didn't just want to bring me in as, yeah, she's an agent. She deals with players, yeah. she deals with clubs. That's all she can do. She can move players from A mm. to B. Um, and that, that meant a lot to me because, again, until I met Martin and Andy, that wasn't something that, I thought was possible. I did just think going to an agency, yeah, you'd be having the conversations with the players and the managers and the, the directors, which is which don't get me wrong, is amazing and is something that I still do and still want to do. Um, but that's not everything for me now. And Andy and Martin have obviously opened some more doors for me, which I am more than happy to go through and what I what I particularly like again about them is that with the role of the senior business consultant and with the title the opportunities and the things that I can do are endless and they're giving me the opportunity to go out and try something and you know what if it doesn't work out I don't like it the people maybe don't think I'm right for that role in that business then that's fine I'll move on to something else um but it just kind of, I suppose, has opened the doors for me in in trying other things and not just pe- being put in that box of like yeah. she's one of the only female football agent, so we'll take her on and we'll do that and we'll use her as a bit of a poster girl for the business, which I was frightened of going and working with other people. But from the second I spoke to them and the opportunities and the things that they were happy for me to do, they obviously thought that I fit in with things that they want to do going forward and they are very much aligned with me and, mm. and my aspirations I suppose and even even beyond that in that they've they've said to me why don't you try this and it's not something that I ever imagined it wasn't even something that I thought people were doing but they're doing that many other things that yeah I've got I've got the opportunity I suppose to do to do and to be anything I want to be so that's 
that's what a senior con- business consultant does just do a bit of everything mm. I like it um so professionally where do you see yourself in five years or where would you like to be in five years time I I love this question I hate it because if you'd have asked me five years ago I wouldn't have thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now so I can't imagine what that's going to be like in another five years but Mm. big thing for me which people if they know me personally or they follow me on Instagram which I'm sure you've seen a little bit of is that with the passion for football comes the passion for the other things I've touched on a little bit with the mental health and the helping people and that's what I think really does set me apart from the other football agents that are out there that's not to say that they're not helping their clients they absolutely are but I want to take that further so I want to do everything I suppose in my power in terms of relaying the story that I've got and using that to others because as much as it is I suppose I've gone from not knowing what I want to do to being a football agent there is layers to the story that I've got and to me that I think can translate to to different groups of people whether that be people that are at academies whether that be boys or girls that have that have gone somewhere and they've thought that they had the whole life mapped out which Academies is hard because I think that is what unfortunately happens in a lot of situations in that there's boys and girls that are going to an academy, they're being picked up very, very young, they're staying there for, they're coming through maybe at 16, 18 and then they get released and then it's like, what am I going to do next? And I felt that, not in that same context and maybe not to that same extent, but as someone that is relatively normal and is and has gone from being someone that was very lost to being someone that is now achieving beyond what they thought was possible I think that can translate hopefully and is translating very well in the more that I am opening up and letting people see different sides to me than just like I'm a football agent that's that's very serious and he's going to move you from this team to this team that's that's not me I like talking as you probably I like people I like helping people so in the things that I want to do moving forward whatever whatever that may be I see myself very much hopefully in in the forefront of leading the way I suppose for for helping people in realizing that there is other career paths out there and for these people that are being dropped at 16 18 and they've had the whole life mapped out ahead of them in that yeah I'm going to be at United from being six years old to 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 the end of my career and I'm going to be like the next Ryan Giggs Wayne Mooney like a Phil Foden you just unfortunately that that doesn't happen to everybody that's maybe one in one in ten one in a hundred and that's the reality and that's the harsh reality of this industry so if I can help people in seeing that, yeah, on that first day, it's going to feel like it's the end of the world. And I've been there and I've felt that myself. But look at what I've done. Look at all the potential that you've got. What can you do? And what can we find for you that you can do? That is very much where I would say I see myself. And combining that, obviously, with the fact that I am a registered agent, I've got the business side of things. I'll be qualified in my degree by then. I, I'm kind of hoping that everything that I'm passionate about and that I'm trying to do is sort of piecing together at the yeah. moment and in five years, wherever that will be. I just I just hope that 
I'm still putting that message across. Cool. Cool. I like it. Um, I had a sports psychologist on um, one of the mental health shows um, and she predominantly, her job was to, to help players who were like 16, 17. Uh, and it's quite often been at academy in the academy systems at big clubs from the age of six all the way through. All they knew was they were going to be a professional footballer. Their parents, in some cases, would be pushing them on as well. Yeah. And then at 16, 17, didn't get offered a full-time deal. And they their life just falls apart. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is not uncommon, whereby that, at that point, because they've let their school slip, because they've been doing training three, four times a week, they feel so lost and they feel like they can never recover. And yeah. sadly, a lot of these players, these boys, girls, these children, they they go off, they do go off the rails at that point because they're young adults, but they've all they've known is football and football clubs. And this is one of my real bugbears with this side of the academy systems is once they drop you at that point, they do not care. And my point, and Tracy, who is the sports psychologist, she was like, well, I care and I want to help these kids, whether it's finding another club, whether it's finding a new career, like you mentioned. Um, but that's something I'm quite passionate about because my uh, two of my boys have been in academy systems at various points. And... I've always tried to say to them, don't look at it as, because uh, the older one particularly, he used to get really, he's a goalkeeper and he used to get nervous because he felt like every game he played for the academy, if he made a mistake, he was never going to be a professional footballer. Yeah. So we, it took us a while to kind of get him through and, and say, look, it's not about becoming a professional footballer. It's about just improving your skills and learning and being a better footballer. But like, there's a lot of pressure on these young kids because they know, even at a young age, 12, 13, they know if they if they end up playing for Manchester United or Manchester City or Liverpool, you know, that they know that's gonna change their life. Yeah. Their families' lives forever. That's so much pressure to yeah, put well, on like a little kid. It's pressure on these on these kids that even at even at 16, 18, to be honest, even at under 23 level, I still think that's that's pressure. There's still pressure okay. on on footballers that have been doing this for 20 years that are, that are coming to the end of the career, there's still that pressure, yeah. like, what are you going to do next? You've got your family to support. And I'm learning in that I've never been at an academy and I've never felt that, but I have been the person that got the way through life, went to a grammar school, got in there, always had decent grades, always kind of had everything mapped out in the, my my parents were happy that I was going to go to uni and going to be a solicitor. And obviously the things that you see and you think is going to come with that is like, I'm going to be sorted for the rest of my life. But what I think is important is that pressure. And I'm not saying it's the parents' fault. It's not the academy's fault because I get it. I get it. Everybody wants to be a professional footballer. Everybody wants the child to be a professional footballer and be playing for the top clubs. But sometimes well most of the time it, it just it just doesn't work like that and the, it doesn't happen for everybody but you do see the stories of the people that 
they drop down from an academy, they go to non-league and they work themselves back up. So it's it's not something that's completely out of reach. And I think that's yeah. important in that, yeah, on that first day, the way I felt, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I can imagine that's times by a thousand if you're at the, the top Cat 1 academies and you get told that on that day, you, you I can't imagine what that does feel like. Um what I can relate that to, I suppose, my own my own personal struggles that I've had in that it's kind of the me- the message I suppose that I think comes from my whole story is that yeah, I've had some low points, I've had some very low points. And if it was me now, I wish I could get that person and shake them and say, like, pick yourself back up because everything is gonna be okay. But at that time, that's not reality and life life affects people and hits people in different ways and you're never prepared for that coming as much as you think you're prepared mm-hmm. and I try and do things now to make sure that do you know what if if things did get taken from me today and they said you can't be a football agent anymore then I've got things I suppose that I could fall back on which is important like you were saying with the footballers yeah you're playing football but you need some qualifications because the day might come where especially with what's happened this year that day might come where you get released you've got no GCSEs and what are you going to do next you're going to have to go into the real world and you're going to have to get a job yeah and that's hard that is awful but it's hopefully people like me and there's there is more people coming in and speaking openly in the industry about mental health and the things that they've been through hopefully it's the people like us that can that can help them and make them see that you know what yeah it is bad don't get me wrong I'm not going to sugarcoat that and say everything's going to be okay but it might not be okay today and it might not be okay next week but let's give it a couple of weeks let's rethink what you're going to do and then we'll be all right Mm, working through I mean um David Cottrell uh, told a story on our football show uh, whereby, well, I think it was Birmingham he signed for. I, I for, for, Forgive me if I got the club wrong. Um, it was He was like 18, 19. He was married. He had uh, a young child. He had a big deadline day move. So he moved from Wales up to, I think it was Birmingham. Um, could have been Wigan. I apologise, but whichever. Um the club's not important. What's important is he moved to a new country, technically, new city, with his wife and his young child. Uh, he signed his contract, signed his deal, big money for the agent. And then he was just left. Yeah. In a hotel room with, you know, no one helped him set up a house and bills and, you know, acclimatize into a new place and a new city for me from the outside because let's be clear I'm completely on the outside of football football agencies things like this but what I would like to see in the future is football agents and football agencies these companies which look after players is look after the players is if you move a young player from non-league to championship and he, you know he's going to the other end of the country and you know he's got a young child and he's got a wife or, or whatever his situation is, make sure he knows what, you know, he knows where the local Astra is. He knows where the... No, it's true, it's true. So where to live. Like some of these guys, 
if they've been living at home with their parents, they've never had to rent a house or get a mortgage no. or no, it's pay so bills. Like, it sounds so silly, but, like, that is... No, it's not. It's not. It's, but... um, it's something I hope to see more of from... Yeah, no, me. Whether, you know, uh, I don't necessarily mean individual agents. I think I mean more as a as an industry, like looking after the mental health of players. Um, you've mentioned like mental health a few times. You obviously have said you're very passionate about it. You've, it's cleared when just from you talking about it there. Why are you so passionate about mental health? I think there's a simple and not simple answer to this one. Um, I've touched on obviously the various things that happened when I completely lost my way. Um, and it was a slow process in that you, I'd, I can only speak again from my personal experience, but I was very much in denial. I was the happy, positive, picks everyone up, make sure everyone's okay person. And you go out, I suppose, finished sixth form, like I've said, you suppose you go out there in what was kind of the real world, kind of not, because obviously I was still at home. I still had that I was going to go to uni, but later on I had a bit of a job. So it it wasn't horrendous and people are in a lot worse situations. So it sounds daft me even saying that now. And I hate, I don't for one minute want anybody to feel sorry for me, but I just I just completely lost myself I had no confidence I had no motivation and it got to the point where I think it was to the people that were around me at the time it was probably becoming noticeable that I wasn't myself and it got to the point where that got out of hand and I remember being sat in the as in Asda in the petrol station and I was sobbing I was shaking and my dad rang me and I answered the phone and I said I need help because I just I'd, I can't explain the way that I feel because I've never felt like this before and I don't at the time I didn't know what what it was to be to have mental health issues I didn't know what that felt like and I didn't think that could happen to me but the circumstances mm. that had come about meant that there was something wrong and I knew there was something wrong and I didn't know what really that was um but I suppose reaching out for help that day um I booked in at the doctor the following morning and they said you've got anxiety and depression and I was thinking me like depression no way no way um but on the inside I was vulnerable I was fragile and keep going back to it but people have mental health issues a lot lot worse than I have them I don't want to say have them because I feel as though my life has done a complete 360 and as much as as much as at the time it was awful and I would never wish that upon anybody I would never ever wish mental health anxiety depression upon anyone getting through that and pulling myself through that is made me who I am today and it's made mm. me stronger it's made me a better person and it's made me I think probably a lot more empathetic in that I want to help people because I've been there and I know what that feels like not to the extent of 
some people feel it but I know what it feels like to get up in the morning and not want to do and not want to do anything have zero and I mean zero motivation zero drive zero anything and what I think is important and what um I've spoken a little bit to um Kevin Ellison at Newport you probably know um for him speaking out about his mental health and it's it's people like that 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 inspire me and I've spoken to him a little bit about things that he's been through that is is similar to me in in some ways but it's people like myself and like Kevin I suppose that him in the respect that he's a footballer I think for some reason and the one thing that I hate about the industry is that people associate being a footballer having money and having things at your feet with being immune to mental health and I think people in the same way a little bit may have looked at me and thought well she's got people didn't know the extent obviously to things that were going on but people maybe looked at me and thought "What, what has she got to be upset about you'll be at uni in a year you've got this that and the other you've you've always had everything that you you wanted what Mm. what is but for me what I think what I think is is the most important thing to me is that I've got I've got all sorts I've got things that are I've got all the material things I suppose that you could possibly want but that does not equate to happiness and that will never equate to happiness yeah going to the shops and buying yourself a handbag it's going to make you happy for 10 minutes but it doesn't fix your problems and that that is the best thing that is the best advice that I could give to anybody nothing material will ever make up for the way that you feel inside and I suppose it's only you that knows the way that you feel but I was lucky in that I had people I could speak to and I suppose I was I was brave enough to speak about the way that I felt and I did get help um but that's that wasn't it wasn't like I woke up one day and I realized I was depressed and it wasn't like I woke up one day and I was cured I went through therapy I was in therapy for for nearly two years and that's something that's only just only exited last year and I still do things every single day to make sure that I post a lot of positivity and a lot of motivation on Instagram on LinkedIn and I'm doing that for the people but I'm doing that for myself as well because of course there's some days I wake up in the morning and I'm excited and I love my job but everybody has days where they wake up in the morning and they have worries they have anxieties they have things that things that bother them things that upset them that is life and you're never going to get away from that but it's the way for me that you deal with those things and that I feel that now thank god I am I suppose I'm I'm built to deal with this, those things, but that's only because of the things that I've been through and the things that I have done. And that if something came my way now, don't get me wrong, things would still affect me. I'm not immune to that either, but I'm a lot better adapted, I suppose, to be able to think right. If something happened to me now, and things things in the past year have, have still happened. I've been in hospital, things like that. But people probably think I'm blase about that, but. It's just that because of what's happened, nothing to me seems that big anymore. And I don't let anything get too big or or too small. I never get too high on the highs or too low on the lows. And that that's what helped me cope. Yeah. I um 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say is what you did was you got to a point where you couldn't, um, like you couldn't understand how you were feeling and you asked for help. Um, and like what I will say is, is that's the biggest hurdle with people achieving or getting mental health issues combated or sorted or under control is, is that asking for help is it's, it's so difficult. And, you know, obviously everybody is different, but sometimes the asking for help, it seems like such a simple thing, but it can build for people and it can build and build. And the longer you don't ask for help, it can be almost like this invisible mountain that gets yeah. bigger. Um, and like, I've been very open about, I've had struggles. Um, I had struggles when I was younger with drinking. Uh, I had been treated on and off for depression f- for as long as I can remember since I was 16, you know, on and off. I have days where I'm great and I have days where I, I struggle and like, I'm not ashamed anymore to talk about it I think the best thing I did for a personal point of view with my mental health was one I started my podcast two uh, I found a wife in all the way back to like 17 18 years ago who has stuck by me through absolutely everything she stuck by me through the drinking she stuck by me through a car accident it was just like two weeks after we got married um, and she just drags me through every day, whether I like it or not. But like, even now, when from the outside, people watch me do podcasts. Uh, they watch me do a football show every Monday, every Friday. The numbers are growing. Subscribers are growing. Everything is going well. We're getting these bigger and better guests. I'm creating these series, doing MMA shows with like these massive names. Yeah. What we recorded this on Tuesday. 16th of March, the last three, four days, I've really struggled. And like yesterday before the show with Andy, which is live, uh, I've never, ever cancelled a show. I've never cancelled an interview or a podcast. And I'm just thinking to myself as I've woken up, I don't want to do this today because I just don't feel that myself. It is what it is. Mental health issues, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, they sneak up on you when yeah. you don't expect it. And like at the moment, I don't expect it. And I feel like that's why I've had a little bit, like over the years, like I said, I'm 40 this year. Over the years, I've learned different coping mechanisms and ways to just to even just talk myself kind of around and out of it and talk about the positive things and yeah, think, no, think, yeah. think about the positive things. So like, even me now, yes, my physical health, that's never going to get better. I know that. I, you know, I've dealt with that. It is what it is. I can't do anything about that. But, like, everything else is going pretty well. So, like, 
I think that's why I've struggled a little bit just to get through this most recent stint of, uh, I don't know what you call it, darkness. It's anxiety. It's basically, it's anxiety. Um, is where it is. I don't want to start talking about that anymore because I'll just set me off and I'll never stop. Um, so it kind of takes us full circle right back to the start of the interview, the start of the chat, start of when I said to you about 10 minutes in, uh, you said about hindsight and I said, I've made some monumental mistakes over the years, like terrible, terrible things. Um, I've like not been nice to people, which I should have been nice. To. I should have treated people better when I was when I was drinking. I was a terrible boyfriend to my girlfriend at the time. Did things that I look back on and I think, oh my god, that's it's like another person. And I realise now that I had an issue which I should have dealt with, and I didn't. But I was young and I didn't understand it, and it, you know it was a different time. But we've gone full circle. You learn by your mistakes, but most importantly, when it comes to mental health, you learn by your experiences yeah, and your 100%. feelings. And my message as ever to anyone who's suffering from mental health issues or just feeling like they're not feeling themselves is talk to someone, tell someone. doesn't matter who it is. If it's you've got that one person who you just, you just, maybe they're not even like your closest friend. It might just be someone that you talk to regularly or just your mum, your, your friend, your doctor, your sister, your brother, just speak to someone because once you tell someone, it is like a big load off your, yeah. off your, off your back. And I just, and this is why I'm, I'm so passionate about mental health awareness because I know what it's like from a personal point of view, um, even in the last 10 years, uh, I've lost friends. I know people who've lost family members and stuff through people who just haven't been able to cope. Um, there was a young lad in my son's year, literally in the last month, who hung himself because he couldn't deal with whatever was going on and I feel like lockdown and the last year is going to have long-term long-term effects on people's mental health without a doubt which, which we don't know about now and people write off footballers like you said of being yeah they do uh, they're better you know they've got money they've got house what do they need to worry about well let me tell you some of those footballers have literally been stuck in their house like the rest of us going mad arguing with their girlfriend or their wives because they're getting under each other's feet and just like the rest of us. Yeah, that's that's a massive message for me in that nobody is immune to being, to having mental health issues, not me, not not you, not a footballer, not, not anybody. And people, you said it a little bit then, that people look at people like you or myself, I suppose, and they see all the great things that we are doing and we're lucky enough to do. Um, but I think why, obviously, I'm doing things like this and I'm very grateful to be on here tonight, but why I'm putting myself and my story out there is that I want people to see that 
people that don't know me personally on that level see me doing all these things and thinking god she's out there and she's achieving her dreams and everything but that's that's kind of come as a result of the bad times and I've been through those bad times so I can relate to that just as much as everybody else can it's it's not as though it's been plain sailing and I'm very grateful for where I've got to now but I've had them struggles as well it hasn't Mm. been just like I've been given everything on a plate and there you go I've become a footballer and I've got clients but people don't always see that and people don't always I probably didn't before I felt it but people don't always see what's going on in in somebody's life and people coming on things like this people might come across as the happiest most driven most positive person out there that there is but that's not always the case and no I'm lucky that I've got through that but yeah I have been there so massive massively important message 100 percent, 100 um right let's finish off on a nice positive um who's your favorite band from manchester <laughs> got to be oasis have to be interesting interesting i'm stuck i can never choose between the stone roses and oasis but <laughs> i've been to stone roses i've been to see both members of oasis not not on together, together. I, was, I was too young but um yeah picking between them the more difficult question it is very very difficult um are you a liam or a noel man uh, lady rather i prefer noel's music but i think i don't know some days i'm a liam some mm. days i'm a bit crazy and out there other days i'm a bit more laid back like noel yeah i like um I like Liam's brutal, like honesty, like just the, um, like the nakedness of it. Like just sometimes he just will will say stuff, and I'm sure people in and around him will say like, oh, "Come on, why are you saying that on social media or whatever?" But like I I like that sort of yeah, me too. I like those people. Yeah, just the bear. The bare bones of the honesty and it's like I like that about anyone. I'm all about um brutal honesty at the moment. Like <laughs> I just I, I'd rather that than have someone kind of I don't know, lie to me basically. Like I know I don't mean lie, like I just mean you know, you over the years you meet people and some of them are full of shit, some of them are not. <laughs> It is what it is, I guess. What a great message to end on because you are totally right. Indeed. Um, Jess, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate your time so much. And, no, um, thank you for having me. It's been great. I really appreciate you you sharing your story and just your honesty and and I, you know, just sharing stuff, talking. I love it. It's um it's great. And I'll um Obviously, this will be out Sunday. I'll put out, put some clips together as well. Um, we'll be back next Sunday, 8 p.m. with an all-new guest. Uh, please check out all the other series we do. We've got so many series. Um, off the top of my head, we've got the Serial Killer Files. We've got the Mental Health in Sport, two series of that. Um, there's a Conspiracy Theory show. We have a weekly football show. Uh, so the Monday is the Andy Campbell Football Show, which is myself and former Cardiff and Middlesbrough striker Andy Campbell, where we're joined by a guest from the football world. We've had some of the biggest names in football, in British football, on that show. We also have a championship show on a Friday, which is live at seven o'clock. 
I also do the Danny Batten fight show, which is out every Wednesday at eight o'clock. And that has literally featured some of the biggest names in MMA um, and is growing all the time. So many shows, so many subjects. Check us out. Subscribe, youtube.com slash ace podcast nation for the video versions. And uh, if you want the audio versions, just search Ace Podcast Nation on your your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify. Uh, I think we're even on uh, Audible, which is the the audiobook platform. We're on there as well, Amazon as well, wherever. Ace Podcast Nation, search it. Tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, we're still a relatively new project, completely self uh, self funded, self edited, self produced by myself. And uh, with a bit of help from some friends. But um, if you're interested in sponsoring uh, this series or any other series, get in touch and uh, we'll have a discussion. But until next Sunday, I bid you a farewell and uh, thanks, Jeff, for joining us. Is number one desirable Out of what I want When I want And how I want it Leave you with the one in the air That's how I want I got tons of soul I'm a true collectible Famous also famous Number one desirable Out of what I want When I want And how I want it Leave you with the one in the air That's how I roll I got change and throw I don't care about no gold Better so much better Flipping incredible Always on the street So they know that I still got it And I never feel sorry Yeah, it's about the world <laughs> Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.